presence of God. And it's fun to talk about presence at Christmas, but this is a whole different kind of presence. But it's the presence that we actually are celebrating at Christmas because we're talking about ultimately Jesus. And really, when we talk about this series, we're talking about the fact that God wants to be with you, live in you, and work through you. And the fact is, Jesus enables all of that to happen. So Jesus is the key to God being with us, God being in us, and God working through us. And because of that, Jesus is the key to your past, to your present, and to your future. He's the reason why God was with you your entire life, whether you realize it or not. He's the reason when you did realize it, that God came to live in you. And he's the reason that he is going to be able to work through you in the future. And so tonight we're going to focus in on God being in you. And so this is kind of a step forward and and past what we talked about last week. Because last week we talked about God being, anyone? With us. We've already given you the answer as far as I just said it a minute ago. But that's fine because I forget things that I said, you know, yesterday. So with us was what we talked about last week. God is with us whether we know it or not. For some of us we need to just stop and turn around to realize he's been there the whole time. For some of us, we've already realized that. We know he's with us. We just haven't been living like it. But then tonight, we're going to go a step further and talk about the fact that God has actually come to be in us. And so that brings me to my good friend that I brought on stage with me, Little Caesars. Now, um, and it's not really Little Caesars that I want to talk about. It's pizza that I want to talk about. I love pizza. Any other pizza lovers in the house? Yeah, You're in good company. I love me some pizza. I've grown up loving pizza. One of my favorite things to eat growing up, two, two versions of pizza. Okay, I'll describe them to you. Uh, one was Tombstone frozen pizzas. Like, I don't know why I love Tombstone, specifically the brand of Tombstone. I knew exactly how long to cook it. I knew exactly when to pull it out. I knew exactly the right way to cut it. I knew exactly how long to wait to let it cool before I put it in my mouth. And I would literally eat a whole tombstone by myself. And I loved it. So if there was ever a night where it's like, I don't know what I should eat, I'd just pull out of the freezer a tombstone pizza, pop it in the oven, and and take that joker down. Like, that's just what I did. I love pizza, but specifically I love tombstone pizza. But another thing that, that I loved, my brother loved this too. He loved it even more than I did, bagel bites. Any bagel bite fans out here? Yeah. So this is pizza in bagel form. Little mini bagels with the pizza sauce and the cheese, the little cubed cheese and the little cubed pepperoni all over it. And my brother had an art to that. Like he would microwave it a certain amount of time and he would place them in a certain way on the plate and it was a certain number on the plate. And so we would both get those and eat those all the time. But there's just something about pizza, man, like the melted cheese. The pe- I love pepperoni personally. Just a classy pepperoni pizza is my favorite. I also like to mix it up every once in a while and get like a barbecue chicken pizza. But my favorite, like if I had to pick one pizza that I could only have one pizza for the rest of my life, I would pick pepperoni pizza because there's just something about it. And, and you can have different opinions on where the best pizza is. And some people like Mellow Mushroom and some people like Papa John's and Some people like Little Caesars, and some people like Pizza Hut. Everybody's got a different opinion on what the best pizza is. But, for the most part, most of us like pizza, right? And it's because, I mean, you got bread, 
just good. You got pizza sauce, marinara sauce, right? Which is good. You've got mozzarella cheese, which is good. You've got some type of topping, meat, vegetable, whatever it is, which is good. You put all that together and it's like, good, you know? It's like real good. And so if you're hungry and you're like, man, I just need a quick meal that's going to taste delicious in my mouth. You might think, man, I need me some pizza. And like for me, I haven't had dinner tonight and I would love me some pizza. So this pizza looks like real good. And, And it's like real cool that the pizza is with me right now. And it kind of leads me to a question. And it's like, would this pizza be better just to be with me? Or would this pizza be better if it was in me? You know? If I'm hungry for pizza, and there's a perfectly good pizza right here next to me, is it better for the pizza to be with me or in me? In me! So I'm going to take a bite real quick. Okay. It turns out you were right. It is definitely better for it to be in me than just with me. Because think about how crazy it is for something you love, something you know is good, and something you need, which is food, to be right here with you. But you never take advantage of actually putting it where it was meant to go, right? It's meant to be in your belly. As meant to be chewed up and swallowed and given you the energy you need to go about your day and in the process taste delicious. Like that's the point of pizza. And so for pizza to be just with me is not the point of pizza. It's not going to make a great pizza. If I have the best pizza in the world ever, like sitting right here next to me and I never eat it, that's a real sad thing, right? That would be a, a, a pity, like People should cry about that. Why? Because the point of the pizza isn't to just be with you. The point of the pizza is to be in you. And so that's kind of our jumping off point tonight for our conversation. Because last week we talked about the fact that God is with us. But God wasn't content with just being with us. And so I want you to look at John chapter 3 if you have your Bible, if you have a Bible app. You can look at John chapter 3. If you don't, you can look at the screens. And this is Jesus talking, and we're picking up right where we left off last week. Because we read John chapter 3, verse 3 last week, when we were talking about seeing God, seeing the kingdom of God. And Jesus elaborates more than what we actually talked about last week, and it helps us make more sense of what we're going to talk about tonight. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That's what we said last week. But now let's keep going with it. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. This guy named Nicodemus, he's a genius, right? He's like, I can't get back in my mom's tummy. That doesn't work. I'm too big now and that'd be just weird. Okay? So how can you be born again, Jesus? You're talking crazy. This is what Jesus says. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water And the Spirit. 
Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And so here's what we can gather from that. When we turn to Jesus and trust Him as our Savior, we're born again, but this time it's a spiritual birth. So we're all born physically, right? I mean, I hope the answer is yes. If you weren't born physically and you're here right now, I do not know how you got here unless it was by spaceship and you're an alien, okay? Because you had to be born here on planet Earth. Someone birthed you, okay? And we're not going to go into that other than it happened, okay? Everybody's born physically, but Jesus is talking about something other than just being born as a baby that's crying and that's in a hospital getting wrapped up in a blanket and getting given to the mother or being put in an incubator or whatever the case is. Like this is, he's talking about something else. This is, this is a birth that can happen after being born. He's talking about being born spiritually. The spirit gives birth to spirit. So well, what is he talking about? Well, let's compare this with some more verses. Let's look at John, or 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. It says this, This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. So God's Spirit lives in those who know Jesus and are born again. And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about being born again. When Jesus says, you have to be born again, this is a spiritual birth. Like the Spirit, like bears the Spirit, right? Out of the Spirit comes Spirit. So you have to receive God's Spirit to be born again. And you receive the Spirit by accepting this guy. He's a Savior. He was born at Christmas. His name is Jesus. And that's what we talked about last week. Turning around and acknowledging Jesus. When you acknowledge Jesus as the Savior, the way to God, the way to forgiveness for your sin. When you get to know Jesus, then you get His Spirit inside of you. So not only is God with you, but He's also in you. And so we call God's Spirit the Holy Spirit. It's like, okay, well that makes sense for God's Spirit because His Spirit would be holy. And so that's one of the main names you see in Scripture when you see the Holy Spirit is, or God's Spirit is, is talked about the Holy Spirit. But Jesus also calls it the Spirit of Truth, which is another name you see throughout the New Testament. And it's like, well, why is it called the Spirit of Truth? Well, because He is, in essence, true. Like everything about God's Spirit is true. He helps you understand what's true. He helps you understand God. And again, if God is, there's no lie in Him, there's only truth in Him, the Spirit of truth would help you know God and help you know truth, help you know what's right, help you know what's wrong, help you know how to live. And so for us to have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth in us, it's a big deal. So it goes a lot further than just with us. It's not just, you know, here with us. God's not just here right next to us. He's literally in us. Which is totally different. Like it changes everything. This pizza sitting right here is totally different sitting right here than it is in my belly. 
It, it does no benefit to me for it to just sit here. Like, I'm not experiencing the benefits of the pizza for it to just sit here right now. But if I eat it, I get to experience the benefits of it. Now, God can still do good things outside of me. God is much bigger and better than pizza. But God also wants to do stuff in me. And he actually comes inside of me to start to do those things. Help me understand who he is. Help me understand what, it, what truth actually is. So let's look at John 14, verses 16 and 17. This helps us understand this even more. It says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. So this is Jesus talking, and he's talking to his disciples because he's about to leave them. So you know kind of at the end of his life, we've talked about this before, and if you haven't heard it before, we're going to talk about it more as the year goes on. But Jesus, at the end of his life, is crucified and then raises again to life and then eventually goes back to heaven. So he's about to go back to heaven. All that's about to happen to him. And he's talking to his disciples. He's like, guys, listen, don't worry. I'm going to send an advocate. You're going to come and, and be with you. What's an advocate? Somebody who's going to represent me and be with you. And it's the spirit of truth that I'm going to send. And he'll be with you forever. So the spirit of truth in this uh, in the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. So again, it's like not just with you, but also in you. It's this extra step that God goes to. Y'all remember us talking about Moses, right? Walking through the desert a few, few weeks ago. And they eventually came up with this tent called the tent of meeting. And it's where... God's presence resided on planet Earth. So there was only one place on the entire planet where heaven and earth intersected, and it was this place called the Ark of the Covenant under the tent of meeting where God's glory was. Only one place on the entire planet. And this place was the holiest of holies. It was sacred because who was there? God. God was there. But when Jesus comes, he changes everything. He changes everything. He now makes a way for us to know God again on a personal level, for us to spiritually be alive. And when that happens, his spirit literally comes and lives inside of us. Well, what was inside of the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament in the tent? The glory of God, God's spirit, it was there. So now if the the Spirit of God now lives in us, what does that mean? It means we're now the holy temple of God. We're this place where heaven and earth intersect. Everywhere someone who knows Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is there too. Because the Holy Spirit lives where? In you, if you know Jesus. So now heaven and earth are intersecting in millions of places around the planet because of this whole idea we're talking about tonight. God's presence is now in us. And so this holy God, this holiest of holy places that was in the Old Testament is now all over the place because he lives in us now. And that's incredible because it used to be just one person a year could go into the holiest of holies and be in the presence of God. It was the high priest. But guess who the highest priest was? Like of all the priests. You might want to take a guess? Yeah, Jesus. 
So Jesus made a way for all of us to go into God's presence at any point, at any time. And so now we can be with God all of the time. And not just that, but he's literally in us because of what Jesus has done. And so we see from those verses that Jesus promised the Spirit would come to be not just with us, but in us. And so as a result of that, I love what this verse says in Romans 15. And we'll wrap it up from this. But this is Romans 15, 13, okay? If you don't hear another verse, hear this one, okay? This is the author, Paul. He's one of the disciples. He's talking to the church in Rome, and he says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So how is it that the church can overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit? How can that happen? Well, it can happen if the Holy Spirit's in them, right? For you to know that God's not just with you, but he's in you, brings this unbelievable, kind of unexplainable peace and joy that's described here. And because of that, you now have hope. And so God's Spirit guards us and it produces hope in our life. You're like, what do you mean it guards us? Well, if God's Spirit's in us, and it produces joy, it produces peace, and therefore it brings hope into our life, that means it's protecting us from things like what? Satan, yeah. And Satan can come at us with all kinds of things, right? Like insecurity, fear of things that we aren't supposed to be afraid of. He can come at us with discouragement. He can come at us with guilt and shame. He can come at us, at us with all kinds of things. But because we have the Holy Spirit in us, it guards us from letting ourselves just sit in those places. And it gives us this sense of joy and peace and hope in the midst of maybe some of the toughest circumstances. Some of you guys are going through circumstances I've never dreamed of going through. Like I've never experienced some of the tough stuff that some of you are dealing with right now or you've dealt with in the past year or that you're going to deal with in the next year. I just haven't. Well, what's awesome is I don't have to have gone through that stuff to know that what God's saying is true of me and you. That you can have hope in whatever the thing is that you have gone through, are going through, or will go through. And it's not just a protection from outside stuff coming at you. It's also a protection from stuff inside of you that wants to come back to life that Jesus killed on the cross, right? Some of us have this tendency to want to like, every once in a while, maybe embellish to the point where we're not telling the truth anymore, right? We might want to tell a lie to get ourselves out of trouble. We want to say something about somebody that's not entirely true because it makes us look better and makes them look worse. We might want to get on social media and start trying to blow people up, make them look like an idiot. We might want to post something that makes us look amazing because we think we're awesome. Like, there's things that we struggle with. There's things that we're tempted to do, but if we know the God Spirit is in us, the Holy Spirit is right here. It's not like it's He's far off looking at us in disappointment, like, oh, I can't believe they said that on Instagram. Very disappointed. God's not sitting back doing that. But He is right there with you when you're typing that thing or posting that thing. And that's not a guilt situation. 
That's actually a hopeful thing. It's like you don't have to do that thing. You don't have to say that thing. You don't have to look at that thing. You don't have to give in to that temptation. Because God is there. And he's not just with you, he's in you. He gives you the strength. He guards you. He gives you hope. He gives you peace. He gives you joy. And we're going to talk even more about the things the Holy Spirit does for us next week. But for some of us, we need to just stop and realize God has gone further than just being with us. He's actually come to be in us. God isn't just with us, but he gives us his spirit to live in us. And so for any one of you that know Jesus tonight, that's true of you. The Holy Spirit of God is in you. The Holy Spirit of God helped create everything in the beginning in Genesis. I don't know if you know that. So the same Spirit that made everything, that hovered over the waters that's described in Genesis, is living in you. That's crazy to think about, but it's also amazing to think about. To know you have access to Him because He's literally right there. And so tonight, I just wanted to give you guys a second to reflect on that, to think on that, to thank God for that. For some of you, you still need to turn to Jesus for the first time. Which is as simple as confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord. You can do that right at your seat. You can talk to your small group leader about that tonight if you want. But right now, just where you're sitting, I want you to close your eyes. If you need to bow your head, you can bow your head. Whatever you need to do to just focus. And think about this fact that God is not only with you, but he is in you. To guide you in all truth. To protect you. To fill you with hope, peace, and joy. So as you think on that, I'm going to pray just that that truth would sink in for all of us, that we would remember that every single day. That as followers of Jesus, those that have been born again, we have the the Spirit of God in us, the Holy Spirit, everywhere we go. We are now a place where heaven and earth intersect. We're now holy, not because we're holy, but because God is holy. So I want to pray that that encourages you. I want to pray that that gives you strength. I want to pray that that gives you hope coming out of here tonight. And we're just going to worship him again with another song before we send you out to groups. God, we love you. We thank you for the fact that you went even further than just coming to be with us. And that when you sent Jesus over 2,000 years ago, that he promised he would send someone to be with us forever and that that someone was his spirit and he now gives us this Holy Spirit that's in us. And so God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he is with us everywhere we go, that he gives us hope, he gives us joy, he gives us peace. I pray for any of my friends in the room right now that need strength right now to say no to sin to say no to insecurity, to say no to whatever it is that's causing them to not experience you and to not experience the life you have for them. I pray that your Holy Spirit in them 
would remind them and empower them and show them the way back to you. So God, we love you. We thank you. We want to worship you right now for the fact that you're not only with us, but you're in us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.